Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith and I have another special guest with me today. I am down in Atlanta, Georgia and I'm with motivational speaker, Mr. William Hollis. How you doing? Man, I am so honored to be here today, King. I appreciate you having me. So starting off, I kind of already told people what you do, but for people who don't know, who is William Hollis? William Hollis is a man that's on a mission to inspire millions, to uh, show the ordinary man that he's truly extraordinary, that we royal, and we come from royal places, and we've just been mm-hmm. de- uh, disattached, uh, detached from, from our, um, our, 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 our first uh, uh, existence of civilization. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So for me, uh, I think William Hollis just represents a young king that, that, that want to save the souls that's dying inside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's it, man. So, just watching your story growing up, man, it seemed it, it was it's touching and it's kind of it was tough. So, just tell people like, what, where were you from? Like, what was your childhood like? Uh, I was born in uh, Pontiac, Michigan. My childhood was like a lot of inner city kids, you know, um, either moving back with their grandparents or back with their mom. My mom struggling with a heroin uh, addiction uh, caused me to switch homes back and forth to my grandmother's house. You know, mm-hmm. never really feeling like. Um, you know, never having really that sense of, like, family and foundation. Uh, like, I feel like since I was a little kid, I've been fighting to save, um, you know, my family life. Ever since I was a little kid. And it was a situation one winter, man, that, that changed my life. And it was um, one day, you know, I was riding down the road. We was walking to school. My mom was walking me to school, mm-hmm. about three inches of snow. And I saw my father ride past, and he looked over. He looked my mother in the eyes. I saw my mom start to cry. Cause he had another woman in the pastor seat. He just keep going, and at this time, you know, we young boys. You know, we see. You know, we probably saw our mama cry before, but it hurt us because we know we don't even know what to do. We so young, right. and that forced me to grow up fast and and, and just put the, uh, the the pedal to the metal. You know, the metal to the pedal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And did, well, so you were the only sibling growing up, or no? I had a, a brother. I had um, two baby brothers and one big sister. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I noticed you said that you felt like, you knew, you said your mom was on drugs, but you, and you felt like football was, was going to help change your mother's life. Did you feel like that was all you had? Did you put all your eggs in one basket with football? I mean, football was was, 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 was second. First was saving my mama's life. So mm-hmm. when I played football, the stuff that they would see me do on the football field, it, it was almost like this. I knew that I had to save my mama's life. I knew that that person that was sitting across from me, playing against me, he probably went home and had four square meals mm-hmm. a day. He wasn't eating ramen noodles every single day. So, you know, my whole motivation uh, came from my queen, Shalonda Jones, my mama, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's my, uh, that's the person that, that, that done all this, man, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm here. So football, did you feel like football was like truly your passion or you just like you said, I know you said saving your mom's life was the main priority, but did you, did you really love football, playing football? Or? Football was a, was a, was a compass. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Football was a compass that, that showed me my direction in life. You get what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. was fun. It was nice. It was beautiful hitting people. But when I start uh, traveling the world and speaking to individuals, King, I realized that <laughs> Football is just like a simple game of Uno. Mm-hmm. It's just a game. You know what I mean? Anything, like all these basketball players, these football players, they get a heart and they soul to it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the truth is, I don't blame them because it's fun. And it gives you a sense of brotherhood. But what I tell them is, it's a lot of players, older individuals, after they get out of college, they think they're going to the NFL, they think they're going to the NBA, and then they find out that it's harder than what it looks like. Right. You know what I mean? And what they got to realize is that football, that basketball, it don't have a heartbeat. Anything that can't love you back, 
you can never really truly be in love with it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like a relationship. If that queen don't love you back, man, it's like, you know, you you just, you punching against a concrete wall. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, so, so how, how far did you actually go with football? Did you make it to college or? No, I, went, I made it to a camp. Then I went over to Toronto. Ended up, uh, you know, making it to a tryout. Getting into the tryout, finding out that, um, you know, uh, finding out that I had my, my vertebrae was literally cracked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I worked through Arena League to get to all, get to that opportunity uh, to play the professional level, and all of a sudden it stopped completely. I couldn't touch the field ever again. Literally, dog, I didn't know what to do. like. It was my entire life, dog. Like I didn't know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a backup player. Anybody went to school with me knew me, knew Will was all about football, but I had no, I had no backup plan, mm-hmm. man. And I, I tell everybody, you can look at me. And, and feel that I'm one of the best figures in the world or I'm this and I'm that. I am an ordinary king that spoke his life into existence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that moment when it was time to, like, let football go for good, like, what, what was that feeling like then? I mean, when I, when, I, when I finally decided to let football go, it really gave me my life back. You know what I'm saying? My whole life, I told you, go back to my mother, I was fighting to save her. I never mm-hmm. was doing anything for me. So for the first time, God left me with the ability to do everything to focus on me and my babies. You know what I mean, my family. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, coming up, I was struggling, man. I was I was lost. My mama was gone. My daddy was in the penitentiary. You know, never really learned how to be a father. Uh, loving and, and affection was something that I wasn't really the norm to. You know what I mean? It was a lot of things wrong with me, man. Mentally, growing up the way I grew up, mm-hmm. but um, it really just boiled down to. Uh, it really boiled down to me uh, discovering myself right. and discovering my purpose in life. And what football did was it gave me an opportunity to truly live life, man. After I lost football, All right? So, so who were your your mentors like growing up? Like, who did you look to? Like, man, I looked up. I, I got a mix of. Them. I, I had hustlers. Mm-hmm. I had um, I had teachers. I had football coaches. Um. I had everyday men, uh, alcoholics, drug addicts. I learned from everybody growing up as mm-hmm. a kid because I always was a talker. I love to talk to people. I love to, to pick brains and, and learn. That's when I learned that uh, you can learn anything from any soul. Mm-hmm. Everybody got something off. I remember one, I saw one of your interviews where you say you, you talked to your mom and she said she was proud of you and you never let her down. And you could kind of sense like something was wrong. You felt like she was dying at that time or? Uh, the, it was almost like my mother. She truly, she truly looked at me to save her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. A lot of kids say I gotta save my mama. She truly looked at that. Right. And I and I and I lived my life as a young man, as a man, because I I had no time to play no games, go to no club. To this day, I don't care about no club. Mm-hmm. It's all about business to me. And what happened with my mother was my mother had got to the point where she was waiting and fighting for so long and I was dealing with my trials and tribulations. I was having a daughter. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother of my child mother um, got paralyzed a day after leaving the hospital after my daughter Halo was born. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I had to leave school when I'm top 25 inside linebackers for the 2011 drag class mm-hmm. and go work a regular job because mm-hmm. I had to pick, my, uh, I had to pick my, my, my daughter over my mama. And mind you, my whole life, I'm sitting here trying to 
save my mother's life and for the first time God give me something and say, you know, you got to pick this princess mm -hmm. over your mama. It's time to focus on, on that. And it broke my heart. And I remember my mom calling me and she said, I'm proud of you. You, 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 you exceeded expectations that I expected for your life, that special ed little boy that I knew. You're all American, you're doing all these things. I want you to know that I'm proud of you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And you made me proud. And um, not too long ago after that, I flew back out to Michigan. And the last time I saw my mother, man, was in shackles. She ran into a store and um, took some food or took something. Uh, and the last time I saw my mom, I was sitting in the courtroom. I came back home, um, and my sister picked me up. We went straight to the airport. So my mom was sitting there in shackles, man. And the first thing she did, she squinted her eyes. She looked at me. She said, that's my baby. Mm. And when I say, dog, that, that pain I felt that day, it, it awakened something that not too many human beings on this earth can understand when it comes to greatness. You feel what I'm saying? And you said that was the last time you saw her? Yeah, that's what I so, 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 what was that feeling like when you, when you found out she had passed, or what were you feeling? How did you find out? I was in Los Angeles, California, with my big cousin Sam Rogers, getting ready to train um, for an event, and uh, I mean not for an event to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And um, I, one morning I wake up and my cousin come into the room and he say, "Will your mom passed of a heroin overdose mm. last night?" Mm. So when I was getting back in school. To go back and finish my senior year at Tuskegee University. Soon as I saved up enough money, did all these things. When I went, when I finally <laughs> got to the point where I could go back to school, King, I get a call saying my mama died. Mm. I ran out of town. So did did you ever feel like you had to like question God, like why is to okay you had to you had to give up football and then your mom was going through this and it seems like your dad wasn't really around. Did you ever like? feel like you had to question God, like why all this had to happen to you? I don't think, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I never asked why. Mm -hmm. I always looked at God as if, um, you know, like, you directed all this. When I was a little boy, I, I used to watch my mom pull out her Bible and read the Bible, and, and that's what taught me how to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I trusted God. I always gave God, he said, if you trusted me, I give, he's going to give you everything you can dream of, you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I had that whole way faith, dog. Mm -hmm. Not that halfway. I talk about it in that, that, yep. that little clip that went viral. I always had whole way faith. I gave my all to God and not man. Mm -hmm. and, talk, and talk about that a little bit because I saw, I saw that in the video as well where you said a lot of people have halfway faith. Break, break that down a little bit. That halfway faith is, you know, you... You, you, you ask God for something, but then you go ask another man to help do the same thing you just asked God to do. Mm -hmm. The whole way faith is you ask God and you sit still. You be quiet. Mm -hmm. You don't move and you trust you're going to deliver. Mm -hmm. Everything they see from this career, from me sitting here right now on your podcast, King. I remember days sitting on the side of a Turkey Hill gas station with nobody looking at me or acknowledging me. That's why when brothers like you or anybody come to me and say, you know, I want to do this project, I want to, I want to do this interview, I'm always honored. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because that's what I go back when I say, God got to make you rich on the inside before he make you rich on the outside. Mm -hmm. So when you say that whole way faith, that whole way faith is trusting in God wholeheartedly that he'll deliver everything that you want. Your heart and your mind. 
desire. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you believe that. What What do you feel like was like the moment where you felt like you had actually like hit rock bottom, and everything just seemed like it just fell apart? Well, uh, the day I was a uh, the, the 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 moment I laid my head on the concrete in Dover, Delaware, mm. homeless. The moment that my head touched the concrete, I I had two decisions: fly, or die. You know, it's mm-hmm. a story about the eagles. When when the, when when the, when, the, when the eagle's nest fills up, the oldest needle eagle has to jump. Mm-hmm. Even though he has never learned how to fly, he got to jump. He got two decisions: fly, or die. And at that time in my life, when I hit my head hit that concrete, that was that was that was that was God throwing me from the eagle's nest. Mm-hmm. He said, "We'll fly, or die. Just trust me. I'm gonna guide you." Do you feel like that kind of in a way did you did you resent people because you you felt like you were homeless and you had nowhere to go and like maybe any other family members never reached out to, or did they even know your situation, but did you feel like you resented them or anything? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, at this state, at this state at my age and where I'm from, um, you know, family is family, but uh, this day and age family is not really the same as it used to be back in the day. You got family that'll cross you out over a dollar. Mm-hmm. They'll sell some of your most prized secrets and possessions for a dollar. You get what I'm saying? So when you, you talk about family, me, God gave me people outside of my blood. He gave me some of his angels, some of his soldiers, and they love me, man, and they treated me like family. Family is who's there for you, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, how do you keep from well, everything you, you've been through, how do you keep from, like, keep your spirit up and, like, keep from being broken down and, and giving up? I come from nothing. Everything else is extra. Everything else is beautiful. Mm-hmm. When I came to Atlanta, Georgia, man, every time I step out in Atlanta, Georgia, I feel like I'm in Disneyland. I'm safe. I feel good here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel good here. Uh, it's it, like I come from a place where it's like it's just chaos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a different type of chaos in Michigan. You know what I mean? Like everybody say, yeah, we the hood, we the hood, we the hood. But man, it's different in Detroit, man. It's it's like a it's like a dark cloud over the city all the time, man. Like mm-hmm. all the time, even in the summertime, dark clouds over the city, man. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, man, I'm just thankful for life every day. I come from nothing. Everything I gain for the rest of my life from now on is, is, is a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. I see one of your favorite your quotes that I really like is you said that your best gifts come from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. The best gift come from the bottom. It's, it's, it's pretty um, self-explanatory for some people who heard the Young King speech, but it's uh, you know it's young babies at the bottom of the world in the bottom of the world, man. Uh, that that may never be seen, you know what I mean? May never ever get discovered because they don't know that they're the best gift. Mm-hmm. Just because you placed at the bottom don't mean you don't don't mean that you don't belong to the top. So mm-hmm. when I tell people, when you look at some of the greatest people, Oprah, Maya Angelou, uh, uh, Miles Davis, some of the greatest of all time, they come from the bottom, man. Mm-hmm. They come from nothing. Because if you, don't, if you don't feel the burn of the bottom, if you don't feel that pain of having nothing, God won't give you greatness. Mm-hmm. You got to feel that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to feel that. I tell people all the time, who's greater? The man that stands on top of the world with a million dollars or the man that stands on top of the world with nothing but his gift? Who greater? Nothing but his gift. 
So talk about, you know, you're saying uh, laying your head on the concrete and everything. And yeah. I remember you also said at one point you, you thought about taking your life. You had the gun ready. And and then all of a sudden you went and spoke to a school. How, how did that, the public speaking thing actually, all of that come together? Man, I was uh, down in Redding, living in a hotel, practically homeless, living off the uh, football, I coached the football team down there. We in mm -hmm. the hotel, man. I'm having suicidal thoughts. Not knowing where my life going, man. I can't play football. I'm watching it every day. That's hard. Um, coaching it, it's cool, but I'm still the same age as every player in the locker room. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very stressful, man. But um, one day, man, I just had um, the, 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 my mental my mental depression just took over me, man. And I, I, I said, I got to do something. And I decided to go over to a school called Ready Intermediate High School and volunteer. King, um, I volunteered. Within 20 minutes, kids was in tears. 30 minutes walking back to the hotel, man. Uh, I get a phone call and they say, well, how much you charge to speak? Four years later, you got you see what you see. I uh, made history in Milan. I was the first speaker to ever speak during Milan Fashion Week. Spoke for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over 100 million views on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, Growing into a YouTube sensation as far as motivation-wise. And uh, the beautiful blessing of it all, though, I did it all. Literally, from my iPhone and a voice memo. Mm -hmm. And a pillow in the corner. So, so you feel like the the public speaking is more of your your true calling instead of football, or or do you feel like you, or do you feel like you found your true calling yet? I'm doing what my calling is. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it, King. It's it's, it's self evident to the world. Mm -hmm. The uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the guns down crowds up tour that you that you're actually on right now. The guns down crowds up tour is a tour that I put together. It's free. It's combating mental mental suicide. Against, amongst African American men, mm -hmm. also talking about gentrification, and also talking about working for your purpose and not the money. Mm -hmm. Basically, I feel like our generation has lost our souls to the dollar bill. Mm -hmm. And what I got to do is I got to uh, get a lot of these babies to take that exit. And when I talk about exit, I talk about just like when God taking you down that road and you think you can make it to that next exit, go to that gas station, but you run out of gas. With guns down, crowns up, I'm trying to make you take that exit now, young king, because in your life, it's going to be murder or the penitentiary. So my mission is to basically talking to these kids, speaking to these kids. I live that life. I used to take trips to Las Vegas with my father uh, to drop off heroin and dog food and all these crazy things. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I come from that. But I know it also know it's a different path. And that same education that you got in the streets, you can apply it to a legitimate business and save your family life and create generational wealth for yourself. And something else you said that was I had in my notes, you were saying to work for your purpose and, and not the money. You know, a lot of times today we get caught up in just working and settling at a job because it pays the bills and we get caught up in it. But what do you tell people who are afraid to step out and go after their dreams but they instead they just stay at a job? What do you tell what do you try to tell those people? I tell people just like this, it's a lot of it's a lot of bitter, bitter exes out here. Mm -hmm. And it's all crazy when I say that. I call I say bitter exes. Mm -hmm. Because I look at your dream as your girlfriend or your boyfriend. As a man, if you stop loving your girl, she's gonna look for it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with your dream. Mm -hmm. Once you neglect your dream, you don't give your, your dream no love. If you don't cater to it, if you don't show them that show it that you appreciate it every day, she's gonna leave you. You gotta watch another man walk with the love of your life for the rest of your life. So, so I, I know a lot of times, and you know, I, I constantly say it about going after my dreams and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to, just, you know, bet on myself and invest in myself. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's hard to sometimes it's hard for people to do, and they feel like they don't 
have the support or the people behind them to push them in the right direction. What What do you feel like is is the biggest issue? Start off in our community, in the black community. What is the biggest issue for for our people? Poverty. Mm-hmm. Poverty. 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 Everything you see going on in America right now is poverty. The reason why people get up and sell dope, poverty. The reason why people go into cars and break into them, poverty. The reason why people rob banks, poverty. Mm-hmm. People ask me all the time, kid, why are these kings out here going to jail, murdering, doing all this stuff? Why are they doing that? Because they're trying to live for a moment. They were mm-hmm. born in hell and they want to make a dollar any way they can to just live for a moment because they know they're going to die young. Mm-hmm. The life they live in, they know they're going to die young. What got you to the point to where... Well, you you love to call people the the kings and queens that they are, which I which I I, I absolutely love it, and I you know I call my son king and my daughter princess, and mm-hmm. you know they they're gonna grow up to be queens. But what got you to the point where you believe in just calling everybody kings and queens? The first depiction I ever got was from the Remember the Times video for Michael Jackson. Eddie Murphy used to be my favorite video. Me and my brother used to dance to it every mm-hmm. time he came on BET. And I always loved the way it looked royalty. And as I grew up into a man, I did more research on royalty. And when I lost my mother, I realized this about all kings. Before a man becomes a king, he must first take a loss. You can't become a king until you take a loss. Mm -hmm. And when the God took my mother away from me, he gave me the throne. He gave me my crown. I put king on my head and I vowed to, for the rest of my life, I'm going to make sure these men in this world that feel like ordinary nothing, I'm going to make sure they feel like royalty and know that they're kings. And know that they valuable and they special. Is it is it easy for you to to forgive people nowadays with everything that you've gone through? Do you feel like you're at a point now where you you're able to like forgive people or or anybody that you felt like may have did you wrong in the past? It's to go back to God. Forgive forgive them. They though they know what they do. And I, I love you saying what you said. You say that we didn't come this far to to come this far. Break 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 that quote down for me. I didn't come this far to come. I didn't come this far from Pontiac, Michigan. I didn't come this far from sleeping outside in the tourist last year in the snow. Mm-hmm. I ain't come this far to bury my 37-year-old mama to a heroin overdose. I ain't come this far to missing all them years with my daughters because I was homeless and dealing with mental depression. Mm-hmm. I ain't come this far to only be here. I want everything. I want a million dollars for every tear I ever cried. Absolutely. And I want to give it back to my community and my people. For for this year, of uh, 2019, is is William Hollis truly happy at this point in his life, or did, does it, or you still have some heartache and pain that you, of course, losing your mom? That's something you'll never be able to give, get over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still you still hurt. But is in 2019, would you say William Hollis is truly happy? I'm I'm so happy, King. Mm-hmm. I saw all my dreams. My dreams just finally start to come to life. And and doing the public speaking in this new realm that you're in, you know, with like the Eric Thomas and. Inky Johnson, some of those guys, I I I uh I love to listen to. Who who would you say are your mentors that you try to talk to in in public speaking? God. Mm-hmm. Anybody anybody else? Is it, do, or do you even look at other other motivational speakers, or you don't you try not to pay attention to them because you don't want to you know kind of get some things from them, bits and pieces from them. God. That's the only one. God. That's who. That, that's who. That that all my knowledge that I speak of come from the Bible. That's my life coach. That's my. That's my ten X book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What other, just a few more questions and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. What other projects are you working on? I know when I reached out, your team said you were working on a, a Netflix, something for Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what other, talk about that project and some other things that you're working on. Well, I'm trying to work on to finish my documentary um, for my next, my Netflix uh, series. I don't want to uh, tell the name of it because it's live at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's coming in the near near future. It's going to be amazing. Um, very inspirational. I'm also working on something with the uh, Alabama defensive tackle Quentin Williams. Maybe doing some things with him at ESPN. Um, also got an event in New York with some of the top marketers and social network influencers in the world uh, called the Breakthrough Event. It's also uh, that that um, will be um, that link will be on top of my Instagram page. If uh, anybody sees this and want to make it to New York, March third. Uh, but um, man, that's about it, man. Everything is, is coming. It's coming as it go. I got a lot of a lot of things in the works, negotiating in the top of the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a, um, I am in the journey, King. Mm-hmm. I am in the journey. You're catching me at the, pro- the, the top flight moment when you take off. You know what I mean? In the process, I, just a few more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, while we're talking about you, uh, some of the things you're working on, do you, would you do you would you ever consider a possibility of maybe getting back into football, like as whether as a coach or in that in that realm, or are you or is that dumb for you? Like, um, I mean, one day I want to, you know, one day I possibly want to coach. I always wanted to really coach um, high school high school kids. One day, um, that's something that's a passion of mine. Young boys, young kings, mm-hmm. um, and just helping them uh, navigate through life, man, and just give them love and some guidance. You know what I mean? So that's something I want to do in the future. You know, I don't know what God got planned for me as far as my speaking career and what I'm going to do there, but I'm just going to come um, uh, as it go and, and, and make it to all the football or all the football schools in America, you know what I mean? Yeah. All the high schools, all the colleges, and just pour into them as much as I can. Just do what God asked me to do, man. If you could go back and, and do something differently from from whatever, whatever time period, what, what do you think you could, if you had to look back and do something different, what would it be? Because like you say, you you felt like at one point in time you had to choose your daughter over your mom or or anything. What what would you say you had you would go back and do different? I would go back and I would treat Queens better as a young athlete when I was a younger football player. Because mm-hmm. I, I realized how important the Queen is now. You know what I mean? Only only in the womb of a woman can a man breathe underwater. You feel what I'm saying? That's how powerful the queen is. Mm-hmm. And for me, man, I go back and, and, and try to be forgiven from the for the for the uh, you know, the black queens that I hurt, the black kids that, you know, may have probably felt used or, or felt any pain from me. Um, that would be the number one thing. I will forgive I will uh, apologize to every queen I ever hurt. You think that some stuff you know, I, so a lot of people say say karma is real and like some of the things that happen to you is because some of the wrongdoing that you've done. Do you feel like 